Hey, GA listeners, if you're enjoying the show, be sure to follow us on Instagram and the new IG threads at General Admission Pod. As much as we enjoy talking to each other, we'd love to hear from you too. Okay, here's the show. Welcome to General Admission. Today is July 13th. And we are very excited to bring you an interview this episode with one of our favorite podcasters, um, a name you've probably heard us mention many times, many episodes, um, Rob Harvilla of 60 Songs That Explain the 90s. Um, Easily like my favorite music podcast, one of my favorite podcasts by far. I know Brett feels the same way. Phenomenal podcast, especially if you're a fan of 90s music, which I feel like most of people who listen to our podcast would be i would assume but it's it's like i I even said this to him i was like i recommend his podcast over ours to people more (laughs) which doesn't really make sense but like that's how good it is yeah i'm always telling people to check out his podcast um yeah he picks us it's he picks a song and does an episode on it but it's not that simple like at all um he deep dives like the artist and where he was as a kid and when he first heard the song and like really like puts you in those shoes as when you were first hearing certain music for the first time. And for those of us who were too young in the 90s to have heard, you know, I don't know, like smells like Teen Spirit in 94 or whatever, like we can hear from someone who did and what he thought when he heard that. And it's just it's great it's funny um rob's awesome he works really hard on the show so it was super cool to get him on and kind of pick his brain a little bit um yeah we talked about a lot of stuff from just podcasting to to different bands live shows a little fish talk sorry not sorry (laughs) his book talk too yes he's got a book coming out um that's i think just also called 60 songs i explain the 90s um spoiler alert he's done way more than 60 songs i believe the book contains more than 60 songs yeah. too but um some of my favorite episodes if you're just gonna go check it out um i love the say it ain't so weezer episode closer nine inch nails um wood alice in chains doot, doot. you'll hear that shortly um tool was what good else one. tool stink fist was great um there's so many. There's so many. I don't want to forget ones. But yeah, those those are definitely like big ones that come to mind because those are songs and artists that like I love. But like he did regulate last week by like uh Warren G and Nate Dog, and that was awesome. Like hearing that story. Um did Nookie. Nookie. I haven't listened to the Nookie episode. I don't know That's why. I, yeah. I'm glad that there's still episodes I haven't listened to because I'm gonna be sad when I run out. So, but we still have a couple more months of that. So, yes, yeah, um, yeah, you can find him on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. 60 songs that explain the 90s. Um, yeah, Rob was super cool. We are very thankful for his time and for coming on the show. Be sure to check out his podcast and his book. And yeah, Rob Harvilla, let's talk to him. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, we have podcasting royalty in the house tonight. We now welcome on a very, very special guest. He is Rob Harvilla. 
Ooh, I really that's, went hard on that doot doot. That's um, very sweet of you. That's the best intro I've ever received. In oh, my thank life. you. I'm, I'm honored. It's hard to do, yeah. right? Like you, you don't know what pitch it's going to come out as. It's like doot, doot. see, like it's yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, I you really want to project it, but you don't want to scream it. So I thought if I leaned back, that might kind of it's, it's hard. Yeah, there the is a physical, <laughs> a little bit of a follow through. Is yeah, it's. So you right. got to practice it. I'll that was good. That was Thank good for you. your, your first time on mic. I assume. Maybe it's not. Maybe you do this all the time. But We, we haven't liked the doot-doot yet. Um, but yes, first. Rob is host of 60 Songs That Explain the 90s. I think he's 98 episodes in at this point with probably more on the way. He has a book coming out that we're very excited about. Congrats on all the great things. It's great to have you here. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. It's great to be here. I'm honored. Thanks for the offer. Yeah. So we're just going to grill you this whole podcast and tell Please. you uh, songs we think you should do episodes on. <laughs> Sound good? <laughs> you will be the first two people to ever suggest songs to me. And so that's very exciting. This will be a new experience. I love it. I'm so mad. I've said this before, but I wish I had opened a spreadsheet the day the podcast launched and just kept track of what people suggested. You know, like I can't I can't sort of rebuild that via DMs or whatever, or like tweets, you know, but I just I want like a chart, you know, I want the data like I have an anecdotal sense of what I think has been like the most requested songs, but I don't know for sure. And I want to know for sure, you know, yeah, it's a bummer. Have any convinced you? Sure. I'm trying to think a few times the guests have. You know, I really want to talk to a guest. Uh, the one I always think of, um, she does, you must remember this, Karina Longworth. Like, I really wanted to have her on. And she really wanted to do Jane's Addiction, you know, who was like on the long list, right? But like, I was never, I wasn't huge into them in high school. They didn't seem essential to me necessarily, but she really wanted to do them. And I'm really glad I did. I'm always glad when I am convinced. You know, there's a big run of Blind Melon Right now, I'm trying to figure out if it's coordinated, <laughs> you know, if like this is an astroturfed thing, but I'm just I'm getting a lot of DMs, you know, like, no rain is really interesting. Like, and it's that it, it's convincing. It's you a know? crazy like, story, I, too. That lead singer is through like so much. Yeah, I thought you did do an episode story. on it, but I guess I listened to another podcast about Blind Melon. I'm, yeah, I, I haven't done it yet. And I don't think it's he's come up like even sort of tangentially, which often people do, of course. But yeah, I, I haven't gotten to that at all. And you got to think that at some point, you know, the B girl of it all has got to has got to come up somewhere somehow. So I'll see what I can do. Yeah. You held off on Nirvana for quite a while. So I'm sure that was always like, where's Nirvana? <laughs> <laughs> I was for a long time. That was going to be the end, right? That was going to be the end, uh, the second to the end. But then that itself started to feel like too obvious or anticlimactic to me. And then there was like the Courtney love of it all, right? Like she, I started talking to her and she seemed interested. And like, if she's interested right now, I better do this right now. And it just, it just felt right to try and deploy it in a way that would be surprising you know like i felt people might be expecting it to be the last one and try to push yeah. against that you know she became the host that episode right she, <laughs> she absolutely did which is what i wanted right like if you've ever heard her interviewed in any context right like she was on marin she was on wtf a couple months before my thing and it's like i i went into that absolutely knowing you know, it was going to be a 90-10 split of who was talking. But that's, I, it's, you know, people have heard my voice enough 
Absolutely. At this point. So absolutely. That's what I wanted. But she, yes, she absolutely became the host. And I was, I was glad of it. Absolutely. That was a a wild ride. (laughs) (laughs) I did. Yeah, it was, it was a lot. It was a lot. I remember just sort of pacing around the house for the hour or two before we talked, you know, before we were scheduled to talk. Like, I don't, it wasn't like I was trying to psych myself up or anything. Like I was just in this weird, like sort of internally vibrating headspace where I was just nervous basically. Right. You know, and then I have to sort of depressurize after talking to her for an hour and 50 minutes straight. But yeah, it's, it's, it's gotta be the (laughs) most surreal thing that's ever happened to me professionally or personally, probably. Did you get a heads up on those alternate lyrics or did she just pull those out on the spot? Three quarters. We we talked about it a little bit. Yeah. I, I, I had a little bit of an advanced warning on that. You know, like you can find some of them are printed like in biographies of Nirvana or Kurt Cobain, you know, or is the notebooks, just journals that they, they put out, but some of them I had never seen before, but she talked a lot about that. But even there's a difference between knowing that that's going to come up and then being on a Zoom call like this and Courtney Love is like sitting there with like a plant next to her and she's holding this piece of paper and she's reading in her like she's singing, right? Like she's singing yeah, in the Courtney singing. Love singing voice with which I am familiar, like the words to a song that's like so ingrained in my soul and in everybody's soul. Like there's just nothing to prepare you for the wildness of that melody delivered by that voice on a zoom call you know like on a wednesday you know it's from 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 london exactly from london yeah it was just it's it was just it was very hard to process just as a logistical event yeah just think about it (laughs) like still like (laughs) yeah it's like a three-hour podcast i think it's by far the longest episode right it it was by far the longest episode, and with any luck, it will be the longest episode. But you know, everyone was like, oh, it's, "It's three hours? Like, really?" It's like, "I this is the one." Like, you know, it's I can't imagine a scenario in which I will ever talk to a guest for you know two hours. First of all, and then yeah, like I I try not to build up smells like Teen Spirit too much in my head, but. You know, again, I always sort of perceive it as the final boss of this thing, right? You know, like if I if I think of one song from the 90s, you know, if we're ranking by importance, which generally I'm not, you know, they're not in any order, you know, you're not they're not in ascending or descending order of importance, but like that was a big one. And I always knew it was a big one. And I was trying not to psych myself out about it, but like that was always going to be a big one and a long one even before Courtney got involved. But I, I'm almost positive that will be the last near three-hour episode. You know, I think my editors and handlers would be thrilled if <laughs> <laughs> I never do that again. My editor, too. my Jonathan Kerma, who edited that episode, did, like, an incredible job. You know, and just an incredible amount of work to do that. You know, and I was really grateful for that. That one for sure like lived up to the hype though of that song. Like you couldn't have a better guest than that. And to get all yeah. the stories and just the whole experience of it. Yeah, no, it was wild. You know, it's I I had also thought one of the reasons I was putting it off is like, who do I get for, for smells like teen spirit? You know, like I it's I've been thrilled with the guests that I've had, you know, and I've been so grateful to all of them for their time and their expertise, you know, and then people that I so admire, but like, you know, Courtney Love is is just like a different sort of stratosphere of person to talk to for a show 
like this. And so absolutely, I couldn't, I literally couldn't have thought of somebody I'd rather talk to about it than her. You mentioned Jonathan, your editor. He's he's awesome. I feel like I've heard him on other Ringer He's podcasts. on everything. Yeah, yeah. Did you um, ever listen to uh, No Skips? It was uh, Shea Serrano and uh, Brandon, and he they they did like rap albums, right? Every uh, show is about one rap album. I only bring that up because like Shay would be like Kerm, like give me sound effects, give me machine guns <laughs> and stuff. Like Kerm, like sort of became a character in that classic like talk radio, you know, producer sort of role. Like he he's he he does everything. You've definitely heard him and heard him talked about before. Yeah. Does he, do you record and then just like fire it off to him or is there some collaboration when it he's comes on, to editing? He's on the zoom, you know, and I think he has the script that I'm reading and I think he marks where I screw up, right. Where I stumble over a word and I restart, you know, and he just sort of has the map of, of where he has to sort of cut you know, and, and there's not really any pickups, any splicing things together. It's just a matter of, you know, where I mess up and taking out those things. But he's on the Zoom call with me. Justin Sales, who has been my editor, you know, my producer from the beginning, is usually on the call as well. You know, and, and then Kerm is the interviews, of course. You know, he's also editing them, you know, just for pauses and sort of minor yeah. things. Usually it's only 20 minutes or so, but so he's, he's there for everything. You know, I, I I've done very little, if any, like solo recording, you know, where I send yeah. him a file, like he he's, he's there when I'm talking, you know, even if he's reading a magazine or whatever, that's fine. That's yeah. Fine. Yeah. It's like a dream of mine. Cause we, we record like Mondays or Tuesdays and then I try to yeah. get it out for Thursday. It's just like sometimes it's just it's it's time consuming. I try to remember where I'm we sure like it is paused or disconnected yeah. or whatever. Happened. Oh, God. Do you have like a notebook next to you or like how do you how do you do that? So we don't do doot doots, but we do whoops. <laughs> and then when, we, when, I, when I see the audio spike, I know that that's where oh, I got to check. Oh, that's out. interesting. Oh, that's so clever. That's very yeah. clever. So it's all based on the levels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's really cool. What are your day jobs? Um, I work for a music supply company, like selling gear and stuff like that. Cool. So cool. I got to be in the world at least. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I work as an SEO manager. All right. Awesome. Yeah. So apply it. This... Apply it to us, Brett. Come on. I know. Come on. <laughs> we I'm just got so burned out is... during the day. It's like I don't want to keep doing this at night. <laughs> well, yeah, we just got our off threads, the clock. So. Yeah. Yeah. Instagram threads is gonna is gonna take us to the moon, right? <laughs> I have I've been avoiding that so far. I can't think of a bio. It's like that simple. It's like I don't want to write a new bio for it's myself. The, it's just the first I did step. It for, yeah, I did it for Mastodon. I think Mastodon, which I have not checked. I assume nobody has checked Mastodon in like months. That was like the tech one, right? Yeah, that was yeah, yes. It's very confusing. I don't understand. I didn't understand it at all, but I thought of a bio for that. I'm gonna wait and see what happens with threads. I'm gonna go ahead and be a late adopter if it turns out to be like a thing worth doing. Yeah. Yeah, we'll find out. On the on the topic of editing, do you ever get pushback for like the 10 second song clips in there? Because we're gonna we're gonna base all our knowledge off what you tell us right now. Cause we haven't used songs on our podcast and I want them. No, it's weird <laughs> and it's I should know more concretely than I do. But no one knows. I, the, it's okay. The, there we go. I think that's <laughs> a loose it. rule. I think, yeah. I think that's actually the rule. I, I The thing that's always been in my head is about 10 seconds. 
ideally eight if like the song is slow and like i'm really like can we please like i can get to like 12 seconds right but like yeah. i that's that's it's always been in my head from the beginning when the show launched in 2020 we were a part of a spotify program called music and talk and that's why the song used to be at the end of the episode. Do you guys know Bandsplain? Yeah. You know how Bandsplain is the song's interspersed. Like that was always, I thought, the best use of it. And so I always wondered if for that reason, because we were some sort of new project and we were supposed to integrate with music specifically, if that gave us a little more leeway in terms of using clips, because it's clip heavy, you know, yeah. it's like 50, 60 clips. But I think it does just come down to fair use. You know, the pushback I get, like what I can't do is like drop in a clip from a song and not acknowledge it like as a joke. You know, like I, I have to provide commentary. I have to provide uh. context, like just for legal cover. I have to say something about what I just played to justify playing it. Do you know what I mean? And so like there, there has to be some sort of editorial thing. Like and again, there's sort of an internal censor of how many clips from a song I can play. Like I just did regulate and I found myself using just literally every line from regulate. <laughs> and like, there was this siren going off in my head. Like I'm going to get in trouble for using, you know, like 80% of this song, you know, but it's, it's, it's an inexact science. And I think you're right that nobody knows, you know, but the, the answer is that lawyers, a lawyer at least looks it over and works with Kerm. And like, sometimes that's a pain in the ass. And sometimes they do ask if we can like shave off a second here, you know, a few seconds here, we're using too many clips or there's not neat, there's not enough editorial, you know, justification for the clip. But I think that's less, that's like preemptive, right? Like I don't, to my knowledge, we've never gotten any pushback, but that's, that's not them knowing where the line is. That's just their internal sense of how much we can get away with, you know, if if anybody, any artist, whoever ever complains, you know, like I used Prince. I was worried to do Prince, right? Because the Prince, you know, historically has just been so averse <laughs> to, to technology and having his music used for things. And like, I don't know, you know, if the Prince estate is like super vigilant about this you know and we it, it worked out fine or at least it has so far but yeah it's i'm really curious about it and i have these sort of internal guidelines you know that were conveyed to me by my lawyers but i don't think their guidelines are based on anything other you know than fair use and like their best guess as to what we can do all right so we're going to start using clips and we're going to say I think rob harvilla told us that was okay. a long answer so we'll tell the lawyer. absolutely blame <laughs> yes yes the, the harvilla doctrine is in effect you can you can blame it all on me absolutely i'm comfortable with that thank you appreciate it so i i, I just finished regulate um and then i've i just bounce around a lot through throughout yeah, these episodes yeah. and i'm developing now memories for episodes like i have memories for songs and i feel like this mm. is like inception on another level now <laughs> <of me. laughs> all right that is very complicated yeah That's so we cool. might have to start 60 songs 60 episodes of 60 songs that explain the 90s that, that explain, explain 60 the 2020s yeah. yeah okay we'll work on working, that i'm working great with title. titles <laughs> yeah, I'm really it, everybody. Everybody loves that this title is now inaccurate. So I'm definitely guy that, the guy to talk to <laughs> about titles of things. I'm sure you never hear about that. 
No, it's I I don't get too much shit about it. You know, the book is weird. I think the book's title has now changed to 60 songs that explain the 90s, even though there are more than 60 songs in it, just because that continuity, you know, like I, I even setting aside wanting to connect it to the podcast, I think putting a number on it is just a little pops a little more than just songs that explain the 90s. Right. You know, my other thought was like, do we just pick the exact it's like 110 songs, you know, like it's it's a boondoggle. (laughs) But it is it is very funny to me, you know, to say this is the 99th episode of 60 songs. They explain the 90s (laughs) like that's just that's just endless, endless, endlessly amusing to me. And then speaking of the book, like, is it going to be like most of the episodes like translated or will there be like additional content added to the songs that you touched on? There's a lot added to it. You know, I sort of start with the scripts themselves, you know, which total half a million plus words, right? And so it sort of start it starts with a foundation of like not like a greatest hits, but I am like I'm just pulling out sections, you know, themes from the episodes themselves. And so I'm almost positive that every song that's appeared in an episode as of like as of pre-Nirvana, so the first 90, all of those are in there. And then I 25 to 30 other ones, you know, some of which I've covered on the show since some of which I haven't, you know, and I there's a lot of new content added to it. There's content is such a dorky word, but and and they're sort of grouped chapter wise, like sellouts, for example, like like there's like 10 or 12 songs discussed per chapter and like the sellout chapter, like you think, of course, of Green Day you know, or like Blink-182 not really caring about it, or like Metallica, you know, getting so huge with the Black album. But you also think of like Coolio, like crossing over from rap to pop and like having this white suburban audience that made him so uncomfortable and like the weird owl of it all, et cetera. Like just, just trying to find interesting ways to put these songs and these artists and these micro eras together, you know, in, in ways that are hopefully unexpected, you know, and just sort of makes sense to me and I can make it make sense to the reader. I should say, was it more stressful, <laughs> like putting together the book than like putting together a podcast episode or kind of a different kind of stress? It was a different kind of stress, you know, because I do think in the back of my head when I first thought I'll do a book, I was just like, I'll just take the Google Docs, you know, and just dump them in a Microsoft Word file and just, you know, and it's just the realization that it was half a million words, you know, and like trying to visualize like the physical size of the book, you know, I and so it's one of those things where it's pre-existing material, like some of it, you know, the foundation of it but sort of stitching it together in a way where it doesn't feel stitched together, where it feels like it flows and it feels like these songs are in conversation with each other, you know, and it's, it's not choppy that way. It was a lot of work, but it was really exciting. It was really cool at the same time. You know, I've been, I've been a rock critic for 20 plus years and all I've ever wanted to do is write a book, you know, and I got to the point where I realized, you know, it's like, it's never going to happen unless I actually write a book, you know, it, it never occurred to me that I actually had to do it for it to happen. And so I just, whenever it did seem a little daunting or exhausting, just the the thought of having a book, being able to write a book, publish a book, like that was enough, you know, enough adrenaline to carry me through. So it was definitely a different approach, but I, I really dug it. I'm it's, glad it's over, but I really yeah. dug it. <laughs> It's nice too. You have a lot of friends that have also 
written books. So I'm sure you have yes. to pick their minds, like Dan Ozzy would sell out, or like mm-hmm, Steve Hyden mm-hmm. and like all these guys. Hyden, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. We've we've pulled so many books just through your episodes that we've taken as recommendations. So awesome. I yeah. I've I've meant I've meant to do like a bibliography, you know, which I think the problem for me there is I don't want to accidentally leave anybody out. Like I'll have, I'll have this this very strong desire to be thorough and not forget anybody. But like I would really like to do that, you know, because like from the very beginning, like Clover Hope's book on on female MCs, you know, like I talked to her for Missy Elliott. I think it was the third episode, third or fourth episode. Like I from the very beginning, you know, other people's books, friends' books have been really important, been crucial, been you know, necessary to the show. And I, I would like to put something together that's sort of definitive in that way. Cause that's great to hear if, if, if you've gone to any of those books, just cause I mentioned them, that's awesome to hear. Yeah. I've just been keeping a list. I did. Everyone loves our town, which was a, a great read. Even the, the very beginning, I, cause they talked a lot about the, was it the you men? And I'm like, I don't know who these guys are. And like the whole first half of the book is basically yeah. based on them. But then once once it kept going and then you start to see names you're more familiar with, but yeah. it's still fun to just listen through everything that comes up yeah. and make a playlist. All that. I sort of loved it for that though, you know, where like there's an entire era that you don't know about, you know, and then suddenly like Seattle, like exists Kaboom. to the wider world. <laughs> right. You know, but just the prehistory and the realization that like those, the U men were the rock stars, you know, and were gods then, that just nobody knew about outside of Seattle. Like, yeah, it's it sort of starts slow in that sense, in like the big name sense. But I sort of dug it that, you know, it starts out as a modest, like a local scene, and then it becomes, you know, just a zoo. That was a great book. I really Yeah, that it was a good read. Mark, we're, we're doing, uh, yes, we're doing um, Where Are Your Boys Tonight, which is the 2000s, like, emo boom. So that's like 98. I, that's uh, right. That's right. Have you read it, that? Where I read it way faster than I was supposed to. We're go- we're gonna do it week to week talking about it, and okay. I was away last weekend and just couldn't put it yeah. down. So yeah, I, I, I read it. Yeah. Brett's Brett's going. I'm just gonna read it again because I enjoyed it that much. But the yeah. parallels are like exactly the same. Like you have all these bands hmm. at the beginning that can like borderline take credit for everything and get no credit, and then they right. become like semi bitter, like. Man, why is like <laughs> taking back Sunday like super rich Fallout and no boy, one knows yeah. who we are? Yeah. And I'm right, like, huh, right. this is very similar to that other book I just read. Where does so, it end? It ends in, I guess, yeah. Right. So right around like the Black Parade. I Ooh, guess. Okay. Well, that's a good place to end, I guess. That's that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. It was because that's that's what we came came up on. So that's like if we were yeah, gonna do yeah. 60 songs that explain the 2000s, that the would be yeah. the 90s. As much as I love all that music, I was I was a kid, so like it didn't I didn't get to live it exactly the same. Like it's not the same. Yeah. When you were a teenager, it's it's just when you were a teenager. That's the entire yeah. ball game, I think. And so yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. When you were talking about that Prince VMA's uh performance <laughs> that was the day i was born <laughs> like, <literally. laughs> oh shit i'm like oh well, that's kind of cool something there we go <laughs> two significant events yes from that day in the fall of yes. 1991 that's hilarious I, I was disappointed to see fish did not play a show the day i was born i was hoping that's they would fun. have but <laughs> no were fish they uh, were they around 
They were, but that's early, right? They weren't touring. Yeah, because I guess '89 is when they started like kind of doing stuff. Okay. Are you a fish guy? Uh, fish yeah, guy? A little we both bit. are. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. We, that's cool. I we love them. They're interesting. They're interesting '90s wise because do a fish episode. <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. I it'd be interesting. Like I, I had hoist. I got it through. I got to do the Columbia House thing with hoist, right? And like down with disease. Like I. I want to say maybe I heard another song of theirs on the radio, but that was about it, right? Like, but I I had hoist and rift in high school, but I never became, you know, I saw I didn't see them live until like the mid two thousands when I was living in New York. Like, I'm no kind of super fan, you know, but like I have enormous respect just for, you know, the the machine, yeah, the organic feeling machine that's that's built around them, and that's great. But yeah, it's sort of hard to pinpoint a song, you know, like uh, out of any other band. Like it's it's not the the records, you know, the records are yeah. the records are cool, the records are great, the songs on the records are great, but like that's not the point, you know. That's what that's not what makes them great and makes them so essential. It's interesting, but I've yeah. definitely considered Fish. I should do it absolutely. I don't know what's like. I guess bouncing around the room didn't that kind of go on the radio for like a second farm pass maybe farm, i don't know what was the uh, one on billy breathes uh free this, yeah that's a great guitar that, riff yeah yeah I, I really i really love that one but yeah like sample in a jar that's a hoist one yeah yeah it's more like rock centric like just like yeah. a straightforward not 15 minute song don't want to scare people <laughs> Do they have like canonical bootlegs like from the nineties? Like I just, you know, I've I've downloaded a lot of their stuff. Like I remember when they covered they do the thing where they cover an album, like yeah, when the they did Talking Heads, you know, I, I downloaded that. Like, do they have like canonical bootlegs in the like live albums in the same way that like Pearl Jam did that gigantic run in the early two thousands? Yeah, I I believe so. They have the this app that has like a ton of stuff. And then yeah. there's websites that are like less official recordings but still sound cool. Hmm. Spotify like, has them and they have like the different volumes, like the live shows. That's what like I was volume just looking one, about. volume two, volume three. Yeah. That farmhouse is their most played song on Spotify. This is obviously like yeah. imperfect. It's it's farmhouse and sample in a jar <laughs> are the two. Like again, like that's cool, but like that's that doesn't that doesn't tell you what's important about them at all. Like they're a really interesting case in that way. But yeah, holy crap! Yeah, there's a <laughs> it's a ton. Yeah, it is a ton. I was not prepared for this, but that's dope, man. Like that's that's the way to do it. Chicago '94. Like yeah, this I'll set aside some time and get in on this. If if you know if there's like one there's like one Grateful Dead show, and I always forget what it is that like people say is like the ultimate like entry point like like there's one that you there's, there's the one you listen to first like if you have a suggestion yeah. of where to start with a fish live album you know uh, or, or like live one yeah hit me a live one from, just like from MSG. 95 from 95 yeah here, here it is here it is yeah that's, no, that's, that's cool. the money maker then there's All like right. the whole baker's dozen run if you want to spend like a month listening to fish <laughs> And I very well may. That's what, okay. yeah. how I got Brett into them. Brett, like when we started this podcast, didn't listen to him too much. Then I would talk yeah. about him like a sports team during like the summer. Like, Here's <laughs> what they did last night. It was crazy. 
and then here we are going to now I'm Philly to in yeah. two weeks. <laughs> oh, awesome. 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 Are you ween guys? Uh, not too much. I don't really listen to much like jam music other than fish. It's like fish and emo music and grunge. <laughs> fish and emo music and grunge. That's really all you need. Those are the three. Interesting yeah, cocktail. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's just it, don't don't drink them together necessarily, but <laughs> fabulous. How do you decide on um songs sometimes? Because like we were just kind of doing it with fish where we're looking at Spotify plays. We love yeah. looking at Spotify plays. It's it's very fun to just like it guess is. numbers. Yeah, it's it's great when I'm wrong, you know. Like it's great <laughs> when I'm like, what? Like, yeah, it's there's. I'm trying to think of an example of that, where what I thought would be their most played song is for sure not their most played song. It'll come to me, but yeah, I, I love doing that. Um, it's sometimes it's obvious, you know. For Nirvana, for a while, I was gonna do "Where Did You Sleep Last Night," you know. I was gonna zag and be yeah, all yeah. Like, cool or whatever, but like in in some cases, <laughs> it's like show. you got. Yeah, yeah yes yes and like but sometimes you got to do there's like an obvious answer and like the the answer is obvious for a reason but there have been times where i have liked to do you know kind of an unexpected song like when bill simmons came on like he wanted to do mayonnaise for the smashing pumpkins episode right like that's probably not the one i would have picked but i love that song and like i that's sort of another avenue of like being a little unexpected sometimes you know like i'm trying to think of another example where the song was not necessarily the most obvious one janet jackson it took me a long time to decide just because i love her so much but like i all the songs i really wanted to do were on rhythm nation which was like 1989 like they did i barely missed the cutoff you know so it took me a while (laughs) <laughs> yes yeah, exactly i'd like to think that i am and so it took me a while to decide on t- together again but that that turned out to be absolutely the right decision but i i do like you know a slightly different song sometimes without being without being too obnoxious about it hopefully speaking of that uh, bill simmons episode do you think he has the hottest take out of all your guests on that episode because he pretty like i'm paraphrasing here but he was like if billy corgan died after melancholy their legacy would be a lot better than what it is now like <laughs> i like audibly gasped when he said that's like oh my god that's yeah <laughs> so yeah hy- hy- yeah hypotheticals that involve people dying are pretty tough you know that's <laughs> that's that's why he's the man um yeah that's it's it's fascinating just the billy corgan arc Right. And like you, you can't even really call it a heel turn because I think he was sort of heel esque very much by design the entire time. You know, like I did the band Splain episode on Smashing Pumpkins and like that was really gratifying, honestly, to like go back through that giant ass catalog and like it's a two parter, like, right? Yes, that it episode? was a two parter. Yeah. And like the aeroplane flies high, which was like the box set where each single off Melancholy, which is already a double album, like got its own album. It was like a five disc set. Like there are so many outtakes. And now it's on Spotify with its own set of bonus tracks, like remastered as of like 10 years ago. Like it's just so much. And so like, yeah, like the last 10, 15, 20 years of Smashing Pumpkins music is not essential in the way that Siamese Dream Melancholy are, you know, for me and for most people. But like, I, I'm still glad it's there. You know, like I certainly get that 
take, you know, in the abstract, you know, and like people talk about like REM, for example, you know, like the, the records that they put out after Bill Berry left, you know, like I love up actually. And like, I love a lot of, you know, the next three or four records, but like those records aren't as good as the eighties records or like automatic for the people, you know, it's like, you can, you can look at somebody's discography and you can rank it in your head and you can determine that like the last five, six, seven, eight records, you know, don't make your top five or whatever. But I, I'm still glad that they exist the vast majority of the time, you know, and I'm, I'm glad they're still out there, you know, doing it, you know, even if I don't love it, you know, the way I loved, you know, the records they put out when I was a teenager. Are we talking about Weezer now? Or? <laughs> Weezer, of course. Weezer, of course. That's the fine. Yes. Wow. Wow. Yes. Yes. That's so funny. That's... I was thinking about their cover of Africa the other day for some reason. And it's just, yeah. Weezer is a fantastic example of that. Probably the most dramatic example of like the first two, maybe three records, like just being walled off from everything else it's like, like it's a just, separate it's a trip. <laughs> yeah it really does feel that way it's wild probably the spotify factor too like i'm sure africa is like one of their most top played songs and like that doesn't really tell the story of that band either although it kind yeah. of does i guess if you'll play, <laughs> if you have recency guess, is bias, that true <laughs> what is i think it's, is i think it? it's got to be in the top five i'm gonna think. say island in the sun you're right island in the sun is right island in the sun is 600 million damn uh all of these are okay island in the sun 600 say it ain't so 400 buddy holly 317 beverly hills 212 sweater song africa's not on here it's off by decades though so it's got a lot of that's yeah it doesn't have the accumulation undone 133 hash pipe 122 and yeah i i I don't I'll, i'll try and look up if i can remember what album africa what color album the teal album <laughs> ah yes. if i recall correctly that was it. Yeah. That, you <laughs> know it's 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 a modest seventy six thousand. it's you know is that that's all? cool they covered <laughs> they covered no scrubs billy jean and stand by me back to back to back on this what a record. run <laughs> wow. wow i wonder i mean okay. we'll we'll definitely get africa when we see them in september right brett i'm like, sure i think where are you seeing them? What um, the See Here Now Festival in Asbury? Okay, in New right. Jersey. So they're festival. opening for Foo Fighters. I feel like Ooh. festival. You're prob. I don't see. I don't know if they'd want to stick to their own songs, but also like Africa's really huge. Yeah, I'm trying to think if that was like a weird blip that they did, or if that's actually you know something that they've added to their permanent repertoire. I love going through like setlist.com, you know, or whatever. Oh, it's so much or, like, fun yeah so you know like fish obviously is the king of that or wilco like it's really dope to go back and it's like i saw wilco on tour and they didn't play misunderstood and i was so mad and i could go and i could look and see that they played misunderstood like the first four shows before mine and the next four like i was so pissed so like ween is another one like that where like i i love it when there's enough enthusiasm for a database to tell you exactly how many times i played the song and when's the last time and all that will you check out set list leading up to a show you're going to assuming absolutely it's a band, not yeah, no i feel very strongly about this my younger brother <laughs> younger by about four years like he checks it out like he wants to know you know it's like i do not want to know i i love that moment i love forgetting a song and being reminded of it 
you know like yeah. I, there, there's nothing there's nothing like that that moment of surprise and it doesn't happen all that often but when it does like no i never want to check the set list before do you uh it's a coin I flip do. brett loves to i if it's a band where i know i know like everything then no chance i want to but if it's a band okay. where i'm a big fan of one album but might not know the other stuff as well then i kind of yeah. want to do my homework a little bit even though that never works out i'm not going to like learn the songs in two months so right 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 but i um, I, I love being surprised too as well because when we saw yeah. tool a couple years ago they did like they played a lot off like the early stuff which we weren't expecting and i right. didn't i didn't listen to them leading up to the show and the whole show i was like oh yeah i love this song like everyone brought yeah, it to yeah. me which was was kind of fun like the opposite of listening to a band just go cold on them before the show Right. No, that's a great way to do it. So I saw Tool, it was probably a couple of years ago now, but like I, yeah, they, I, I was the same way or like, I figured they were just going to play the new album and like one or two old ones. And like, they played a lot of the new album, obviously, but they also, I, they played Opiate, you know, which was the first EP, yeah. right? I think they played Sober a lot on that tour, but did not play it at that show, which was a little bit of a bummer. But yeah, I was, that was a good spread of old and new. I am looking at the most recent Weezer set list from the Hard Rock Casino in Northern Indiana in Gary, Indiana. I've been at that casino. It was awful. I've lost a <laughs> lot of money. Very short amount of time. Uh, I got no, I got no Africa here. Wow. 20 songs uh, closed with ha hash pipe. And is, is thank you and good night a song or is that just a statement? I, yeah, that's, this is weird. <laughs> They did. I think Suzanne. it's one of the season EPs. Oh, uh, I have not messed with the season EPs. <laughs> I have to say, I'm a little. You gave your love to me softly, and Suzanne, both. That's pretty. Both of them. Those. That's pretty. That's pretty dope. They've been dipping into. Right they've been dipping into Pinkerton a little bit. I thought, like, I saw like Get You being played, and. Uh, Ooh, I, I we got El Scorcho, Pink Triangle, Pink, Pink Triangle. Triangle. I don't. I think I that's it. Of. I think that's it. Oh, maybe I just saw a random clip. I'd love. I got to excited. Get I thought, you, yeah. yeah, man, get you would be dope. That would be the so greatest cool. man that ever lived. That's a good one. That's pork and beans. All right, this, uh, this would be a good time. This would be a show. Yeah. I'd be like, ah, I'll, I'll go see this, and then I'd be like super psyched the entire time I was there. I'll be like, yes. This is gonna be Beach Boys, Weezer, then Foo Fighters on the main interesting oh set <laughs> or interesting lineup. <laughs> I should say. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> Oh, we're gonna get God. there for Beach Boys and then just keep moving up. So we're close to writers. <laughs> this is like the Mike Love controlled Beach Boys, right? Like this is this is suboptimal. Okay. Yeah, I don't know who's Beach Boys, there. Weezer, and Foo Fighters. That's wild. That's a good time. It's it's gonna be something, but like you don't it's not see be... the Beach Boys if you're if no you're no I get it they'll <laughs> they're gonna fucking do Kokomo and you're gonna lose your minds. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, Beach Boys <sighs> on the beach. That's oh, there you go, there you go. Yeah, you, you can't do beat it. it. <laughs> do you have any shows coming up? Are you going to any summer tours? Um, there's a festival. I'm here in Ohio, and there's a festival in Southeast Ohio, like a little more rural area uh, where I went to college. And there's a Nelsonville Music Festival. Like people camp, you know, it's out in a foresty type area. I will not be camping, but I'm gonna go to one day of that to see. I want to say always, always is probably just how that's pronounced. Uh, that band went yeah. Wednesday. Oh, 
great album. There's a like there's them. a couple yeah. other ones. I I went and saw Boy Genius. Um, they came through to Columbus about a month ago, and that was awesome. That was really rad. Uh, I don't think if I have anything else coming up. The National are playing with Pavements, like the Nationals Festival in Cincinnati, but it's on one of my son's birthdays, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get away with uh, that. But I think yeah. that that festival is the only show that I have coming up. But I'd, I'd like to get a few more. What about you guys, Friar? Are you just saving all your energy for Beach Boys? <laughs> you have a crazy July week coming up. What's it next week, Nick? Yeah, we got three less, in a week. Less than Jake's are doing Hello Rock View in full in Asbury. So we're going to go to that. Then we got Bouncing Souls with Bayside Ooh, wow. and Screaming all Females. Right. Screaming Females is so rad. Yeah, we had uh, their drummer so on. Because they're Jersey too, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep yeah, it in yeah, the family. Yeah. That's cool. That's awesome. <laughs> and then cap it off with fish for July. It's gonna be good. Damn. Good little run. Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it started it started slim pickings. We weren't sure. And then all of a sudden everything gets announced and you start just buying tickets and yeah. Yeah. It's gonna be good. <laughs> Plus, it's good good stuff to talk about on yeah on the show yeah. so like we we it's responsible to go to concerts i think right? it is this yeah. is this is your job yes you're filling <laughs> the well yeah this is like you can you can write this all off on your taxes of course like yeah it's absolutely it's necessary it's necessary work you're doing and i still really research yeah 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 yep. exactly exactly <laughs> so rob you you've been writing you said for for most of your career if not all your career and you used to write for alt press if I'm not mistaken, did I did. You, yes. Was yes. that like a I, remote thing or did you move out there? I, they, they were in, they are, they were, they are in Cleveland. Oh. And so I, you know, grew up in the suburbs. Just a, but a half, <laughs> no, man, they're there. They were in Cleveland, you know, as far as I know, anyway. But I interned, I interned there for them for a summer. I want to say 1988, 1999. I, I did not distinguish myself. I was an intern at the same time as Annie Zaleski. If you know her, she's like a great writer and editor and they loved her and they hired her, you know, and, but they, you know, I, I, I just sort of skulked around, you know, in the mailroom for a little while, but then, yeah, I freelanced for them, just freelance record reviews pretty much exclusively. I think for a few years after that, I was in college at the time. And, you know, so I just, they'd send me like five records, you know, and I, I'd write a hundred words on them. A piece but I, I some pretty rad records like pedro the lion's control i remember reviewing that for for alt press and that was super dope of course but yeah so i i wrote for them for a little while it's a bummer like i i don't think that archive really exists <laughs> yeah you know, like i and i even as like print like i think it would be piecemeal to even try and go back and get back issues now off ebay or whatever like it's sort of a lost archive at least it's not available to me but yeah that was great and it was great to have that magazine you know in cleveland yeah that's yeah, awesome. they never set their website up right i feel like it was always so hard <laughs> to find articles online for them yeah yeah you know and it's like i worked for alt weeklies when i started that were like philosophically opposed to the internet like as a concept you know and like that was a drag you know and i i don't recall alt press being like that about the internet not like actively leery of it but they definitely weren't going to put up all their stuff you know or even most of any of their stuff 
on the internet. You know, I, I can remember a time when the internet, when the, what your website was like, you know, just a wasteland, you know, where you just sent one kid to like fuck around and do whatever you wanted, but you didn't care about it. Like it's, it's HTML. just, it's, yes, yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it was not a priority when I was, when I was starting out, you know, <laughs> I, I miss newsrooms though. It makes me sad. It's not a oh, thing. Sure. We were Jesus, both on our yes. college's newspaper. So we would, oh, we had so much that. fun there and it was of like, course. I'm going to go write for a rock magazine. And then by the time we graduated, it was like, no, that's not Everything really, it's not a thing anymore. I, oh God. I'm sorry. You're, yeah. If you're doing that in the mid two thousands or whatever, if you were born the night of get off, then yeah, unfortunately <laughs> that path was not available to you. Yeah. It was weird. Like I went to college 1996 to 2000. You know, and like I took classes in which the internet was like a spectral aspect, but I, I feel like I was, I don't know where I was on the timeline, but I was like at the tail end of like the internet not being everything, you know. And it's like, yeah, I, I met my wife at my first newsroom, you know, at the Alt Weekly, Alt Weekly in Columbus here, you know, like I. I remember staff meetings, you know, just sitting around with people going to Mexican restaurants for lunch, like all of that. <laughs> like I miss all of that, you know, and all of that does seem to be gone. The New York Times doesn't have a sports section anymore, you know. That's it's crazy. Like it's, wow. It's 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 upsetting, you know. I've made my peace with it, or I think I have, until something like <laughs> that happens. But no, I'm I love newsrooms, and I miss them terribly. You ever laugh at what you're doing now and think about how you're basically still just writing, but now you have to read the articles to people? Yes, I laugh <laughs> about it all the time. It's so weird. It's so weird, the evolution of this. You know, it's like I never imagined it. I really honestly didn't, you know, and it's it's I I had done podcasts, but I like guessed it on other people's podcasts and I felt really awkward about it. And it's just it's not something I had ever considered, you know, until I was doing it. But it's weird. It's weird the evolution of like this is exactly like just writing something, but then reading it. But it, it does affect my writing. You know, like I, I what I don't like about my writing is when it gets super florid and like the semicolons and like the adverbs <laughs> start taking over. Right. But like I it's I can't read that. I can't read that out loud. You know, when my music, when my music, when my writing passes a certain threshold of complexity of like wonkery like i can't read it out loud anymore it's like it's it, so that's helpful in a way you know i i think if, to me anyway to my ear it's made me a better writer that i am forced to read it out loud and i am forced to reckon with what i have written you know <laughs> <laughs> oh i said that <laughs> yeah yeah it's there's plenty of times and Kerm can attest to this. I'll just, I'll be approaching a prayer. I was like, I don't want to say that. It's like, oh God. And he's like, did you just say, I don't want to say that to something that you wrote? It's like, yes. <laughs> yes, I did. And then I say it anyway, usually. And then I yep. imitate Eddie Vedder singing Yellow Lead Better or whatever it is. Yeah, it's like, it's, <laughs> I did it to myself, but I, I have to follow through. We're grateful for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. I feel like you've like kind of like perfected like the storytelling aspect of podcasting. Like Nick and I honestly probably recommend your podcast more than our own to people. Like that's how much like we enjoy your show. Cause like the way you speak, <laughs> like you had, like you can't pay attention to anything else. You have to focus on every word you say and it's easy to get like lost in it. So like, was that something that just like came with practice or like, was it just like a natural kind of thing once you started? 
That's really kind of you. I really appreciate that. It's weird. Yeah, I was trying, you know, when I started the book, I went back and I reread all the scripts, you know, and so I go back to episode one, you know, you ought to know. My Alanis Morissette, like written probably in August of 2020, you know, and like the first thing, the first obvious thing is like that script is like 1600 words. <laughs> Whereas Regulate was 8000, right? You know, like the first thing that happened is they got five to 10 times longer. But I, I went, I didn't cringe as much as I thought I would looking at the old stuff, but I do think that the storytelling aspect and like trying to find a natural way where like I think you can tell that they're scripted down to the word. Like I don't think it sounds like I'm just talking off the dome or whatever, but like to not have it sound stiff, you know, is always very important to me. You know, and like one thing I'm not gonna do is re-listen, like absolutely not. <laughs> like, and so maybe I would go back and listen to the first episode and I would sound horrible to myself. But I, yeah, I do think it sort of came, it was just sort of a natural progression that as they got longer and as they got more detailed and as they got a little more discursive, you know, I didn't go into this thinking I'd talk about myself really at all, you know, like my family, <laughs> you know, my day, you know, teenage anecdotes. Like, I, I don't think that was... I didn't think that was the focal point when I started. And I don't know if it is now, but like slowly bringing in more of myself, you know, more of myself now and more of myself then, like that's all stuff that sort of happened naturally. And hopefully there is along with that, you know, I found sort of a rhythm, you know, where it's written, you know, scripted down to the word, but it does sound natural where I've again, sort of pruned you know, the adverb heavy, like rock critic ease that I'm always worried that I'm lapsing into when I write, you know, it's, it's, it was a matter of trying to figure out what's the same about this, you know, versus what I've always done, you know, and what's different about it. And there's a lot that's the same, but there's a lot that's different. And, you know, I've just sort of found my way to a place, you know, where hopefully it makes sense and hopefully it sounds prepared but it doesn't sound you know awkwardly stiff and lifeless i think it was the sunny day real estate episode you you mentioned something how you kind of try not to look to what the bands have said about these things but rather about where you are in your life for stuff and yeah i i think that's what led to like a lot of the success of the podcast because like anyone could look up quotes from the band but like to yeah. get that that relates to it like you sitting in your friend's corolla or whatever listening to closer it's like man i <laughs> sat in my friend's car and listened to this album maybe not closer for me but but yeah just like i love i love that i think yeah. you, you said it yeah. biz bizarrely vivid and insultingly mundane personal reveries <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like me two adverbs in like six words there i'll have you know yes no, that was the idea. And like, I always, I always feel pretentious when I say that, but yeah, that is the idea that I tell an obviously an insultingly mundane story about the time <laughs> my buddy James, we were driving to Denny's, you know, and like, you know, hurt by nice nails. Oh, it was so great. But like, like that just, the idea is to get you thinking about when that happened to you, who you were with, yeah. what song it was, where you were in your life, you know, if that's a simple plan or whatever for you, I don't know what you kids are into, <laughs> but I, yeah, that's, that's the whole <laughs> idea. Guess. Thank you. You're pretty close. I, and pretty I close, did, yeah. <laughs> I guess you are right. Like I always, I want to know what the people themselves, what the artists themselves 
said, but I'm sort of coming along on this issue now. Like, would I ever want to have a guest where it's the artist? You know, and I've always really resisted that. You know, I've always felt that I'd rather talk to a huge fan of this song, you know, and, and that's what I'd rather do than talk to the artist himself. Cause as you say, like you can read the interviews, like they've talked a ton about themselves. Like what you haven't heard someone talk about is someone who inspired them or a song from their teenage years. But I, yeah, it's, that's again, the personal aspect of it. And I was driving around with my friend one day in 1994 aspect of it. I did not expect that to be at all a major element of this but it became that way and like i've gotten more feedback from this show easily than anything i've ever done and it i love that the feedback often is of that nature like here's what i was listening to and here's why you should do like the tragically hip you know or blind melon or whatever because this 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 and this happened to me like i love <laughs> i love hearing that stuff and i and i love if this show is able to sort of activate you know people's own memories like you said that's great has Billy Corgan reached out to make the mayonnaise episode longer? <laughs> that is, I first of all, I do feel bad that the first 10 to 15 are dramatically shorter. Uh, when I was talking to Courtney Love, she sent that episode to him. And he said something really funny. He's like, I'm not going to deal with this guy. He, he he was he was dismissive in a in a in a beautifully and an it really was an honor to me and just it's like I'm not fucking dealing with this guy <laughs> talking about you know his basketball JV basketball team and I like it's, it's it was a perfect Billy Corgan brush off of me it was an honor truly but it's I I've had very few if any I can't really think artists reach out to me about their own episodes that would be fairly terrifying to me personally actually and so i'm <laughs> grateful that nobody's said anything to me who i've talked about for ten thousand words you found a nice balance where like you like you said you don't really have the artist on but you've had other artists on to talk about like when you had yeah. zach zach on from pup we're both big oh, pup was fans, so so i was not I expecting to hear him band so well they're I so great that band is so rad. they're awesome he was great. He was uh was he offspring? He was yeah, pretty he? fly for a white guy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Yes, that was great. I, I forgot about that. That was fantastic. The dude from Eve Six, you know, uh, he was great. He did the third eye blind episode, I think. And like it's so funny the way he's become, you know, this oracle. You know, he's an advice columnist now, like a really good one, you know, the way he oh, sort wow. of found a second life as like a social media savvy media figure like yeah it's like it's sophie b hawkins like that was so funny yeah it's like i i don't know how that happens now that i think about it but it was so rad to talk to her about anything really how do you get in touch with these people like or did they get in touch with you is it a mix uh it's me is it me it's always me (laughs) courtney love was kind of her Somebody passed her the whole episode, but everybody else, like I'm still on all these email lists, you know, I'm, I'm sort of plugged into the sort of the publicist network. Right. And so I think Zach from pup DM'd me. So he reached out to me and that was super dope. I think I happened to see that Sophie B Hawkins had a new album coming out, which is like the first one in X, you know, 10 plus years. And I sort of put that together 
arbitrarily open Mike Eagle, who I've had on a bunch of times, who I really, really love the rapper and the podcaster. I'm trying to think of how that happened the first time, but it was us. It was me reaching out to him for sure. So mostly it's me reaching out to people, you know, and it's, I, I, I still get tons, hundreds of emails, you know, a day, a week, you know, and I don't, I'm not really writing about new music at anywhere near the intensity that I used to be, but I, I still have ways of getting in touch with most people. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how, how we did it too. Cause we came yeah. from music websites. So we were on random publicist lists and then mm-hmm. it was like yeah. trying to be like, Hey, instead of this noted website, how about they come on our podcast? <laughs> that didn't, <laughs> that didn't go great. It didn't go well. Start. No, yeah. Yeah. Ah, you got to start somewhere. That's <laughs> and cool. then we, yeah, cool. just blindly emailed whoever sure. and works half the time. It's nice. You're here. So that's cool. <laughs> there you go. Works half the time is perfect. You just, you, you never, you half never the know time, who you can works get. Every time. Yeah. It's a great there batting average in baseball. So mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. 500, man. <laughs> totally. Now, Rob, so, what do you think was yeah. uh, coming like next for you? Like, do you think you'll keep doing nineties episodes or do you think you might jump to something different eventually? I got to figure that out, dude. <laughs> I think we're done. Retire on the boat. I, Boom. I, 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 it's, it's, I, there Don't was the plan originally, the show is going to end after the book. The book is out November 14th. The show is probably going to end in January. It'll get to 120. I think that's going to be it. You know, like I, I, we were, we were trying to find the balance between, you know, we have a lot of songs we want to do. We have a decent amount of momentum. Like let's keep doing this versus not wanting to overstay our welcome, you know, and get to a point where like, I, I could put together a list of 30 songs to get us to 150, but like, I think it's probably time to find something else to do. And I got to figure out what that is. Like the, the first and maybe most obvious and not necessarily, you know, it might be the best option is like the aughts. Like you said, you know, like for one thing, I don't like the aughts as like a term, but like the two thousands, you know, that first decade would be cool. You know, I can certainly think of, you know, 120 songs, <laughs> that I'd like to talk about. And, and so, yeah, I got to figure that out. I'm definitely going to do something. I'm definitely going to do another show. You know, the question is to, to what extent do we use the X songs that explain X framework, right? Like what's the right number? You know, we thought about the eighties of course, but you know, the mantra that the music you listen to as a teenager, like the sweet spot for this show is people who were teenagers in the 90s. I'm very excited that you guys are younger, quite frankly. But I to do the 80s, it, you know, it would require the target audience to be in their 50s, unfortunately. And so I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I listen figure to podcasts. Out the so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, we got to explain what a podcast is. And it's, it's, it's the whole thing. It's just I, like I got to figure out what I'm doing. I've got it's just like the radio. <laughs> Uh, I got to figure out what I'm doing, but I'm doing something. How's lots of you? lots of airbase in the future. Airbase is I, superior. Absolutely. I had to tell you. I have, have to agree. Airbase, absolutely. One. Has airbase <laughs> come up really? Rage Against the Machine was the big one for airbase, but I should talk about airbase again because I yeah. agree with you that airbase is superior. You you just look you you look either slightly less dorky or more dorky. Or both simultaneously, and it's just airbase is superior. Absolutely. <laughs> what is your favorite? What's what's your airbase band? Ooh, I mean, Chili Peppers is a big one. Just yeah, no, nah, you got it's it. like that's neat. Yeah. yeah, 
give it away yeah totally totally, yeah you got the slide down you got to hit it with the thumb (laughs) you certainly do yes yes absolutely green day too yeah totally oh longview every time i hear longview it's like shit that's so good yes green day is a great welcome to paradise solo too i love welcome to paradise is probably my favorite that part of that song is probably my favorite individual green day moment absolutely that's a great that's awesome (laughs) so my last question for you can nick and i guess one band and then you can answer if it's going to be covered. <laughs> I don't think that ethically that's a good idea. I get people occasionally saying that they have like they're in competition, like they and their friends have this spreadsheet, you know, Bad, fantasy betting. 60 songs. They have like it's it basically is that. And for that reason, I always look at those lists and I'm always very curious about them. And it's not in, it's possible that I've picked songs because I've seen them on those lists, actually. I can't think of an example. Like, I'm always very interested. But I try and stay agnostic. You know, that's not the right term. I try and stay out of it. You know, I'm I'm trying to to, uh, preserve the element of surprise. Who do you think, though? I'm curious to see if you'll do Matchbox 20 or uh, Mm. Sugar Ray. Sugar Ray is so interesting. Somebody suggested Fly... And like the pivot of that song, like the band they were before, it's ridiculous. That would be a really good one. I saw Sugar Ray was played my college, my senior year. That was like our big spring senior year show. Sugar Ray playing in the basketball arena with Orgy opening. I don't, Orgy means nothing to you guys. (laughs) They were a goth band. They were like an industrial goth band who covered Bizarre Love Triangle. And it was a big hit, roundabouts, 1999. Sugar Ray would be fascinating. Matchbox 22. I bought that. I bought that record. I bought yourself or someone like you, like from a college, my college record store. And like, I really liked it and was sort of baffled when they suddenly became like this VH1 core thing. You know, like that was such a weird arc. It was cool to talk about him so much in the smooth episode. Of course, both of those would be great. Absolutely. But fly is, of that album. fly is so weird. <laughs> Every morning's yeah. weird too. Like if you ever like look at the lyrics of that one, like it just makes no sense. But it was like a hit somehow. Yeah, and that's like that's them the trying to do <laughs> the backstreet exactly. Yes, <laughs> the melodic math of every morning. It doesn't have to make sense. It's yeah, and that's sort of post fly, right? Like it's what's the like single? It's like Mean Machine or something, and it's like they're they were just such a different band. And it's just that they just turned overnight into this other like fabulous thing. But like, I just, it's, it's, that's, it's hard to think of another song that was such a hard pivot that totally changed the band they were and how they were perceived and how they're remembered. You know, it's just a career making pivot song in that way. I don't know if there's, I'm going to think about that, but Fly would be a great one. Absolutely. What about you, Nick? Uh, well, when when I think of this artist, I think more of the two thousands. But he did have an album come out in ninety seven. Same maybe like Eminem with Guilty Conscience or something. Like Eminem's tough that way. Yeah, his it's... splash didn't really happen till the two thousands. But my Nina's was nineties though, right? 
my, oh, my yeah, yeah, was, yeah. Was, do that. Maybe yeah. it was a single in 98. It blew up in 99. But it's like, yeah, it, yeah it's, it's not a 90s artist. That's no. the thing. Yeah. That's the thing. It's that on paper, absolutely 1999. But he doesn't feel 90s at all. I'm trying yeah. to think of somebody else who was like that because there are plenty of people like that i somebody sent me like a graph of the years like where each song falls in the year and like obviously there's a huge uh, concentration of like 94 95 96 right and like the fewest are 90 and 99 right you know like i and it's like yeah. i was trying to think what are the 99 ones i've done like backstreet boys was 1999 okay. and that kind of nookie thank you nookie was a big and that that feels i think woodstock 99 like nails yeah. them down oh yeah uh, but you are you are absolutely right that eminem is very specifically vexing in that sense like britney spears like baby more, one more time was 99 and like kind of kind of she feels 90s but not really it, it's weird yeah. once you get to the once you get to the edges you know, the 1990s stuff is obviously 80s, you know, in vibe, you know, like the, the decade didn't start until Nevermind or whatever. And yeah, the 1999 <laughs> stuff, like uh, Steal My Sunshine is 99, right? And I, I guess that's enough of like a one hit wonder type vibe that that feels a little more canonically 90s, but like it's just, it's so late. You know, it's it's it gets in right at the buzzer. It's it's and weird. Like Eminem's weird. I see my sunshine uses like that '70s sample, right? That's like that's right. Thing. Yeah, it's it's yeah. sort of unstuck in time, definitionally. But yeah, it's that that stuff is fascinating to me. You know what feels '90s, even if it isn't. You know what doesn't feel '90s, even if it is. Yeah. Well, Rob, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you so this much for coming great, on. man. I really, you, you guys have been really, I, it's, taken, it's taken a long time to, to set this up and I'm grateful for your patience with me. It's been awesome. It's been great. Yeah. You're back at you. Come to those that wait, right? That's the same. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> How many episodes you said two years you've been doing this? How many episodes have you done? I think you told me. Uh, We're in like the sixties now. Damn. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Once a week for since March last March, yeah. And you edit them yourselves. That's I, you know, that's I've never done that, and I have an enormous (laughs) respect for ever doing that once. I I know myself and know that I would not be good at that, and so I am grateful to have that, and I have a great amount (laughs) of respect to you for not having it and doing it yourself. That's so rad. I don't want to do it myself. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I I know you don't, but that's, that's what, that's why I respect it so much. Well, thank you. And thanks for coming on. Thanks for all the hours of listening to you talk about music. (laughs) (laughs) It is many hours. It is a great many hours at this point. Yes. Wow. Looking forward to the home stretch and we'll we'll pre-order the book. Where uh, already did Amazon? Yes. Where where do we pre-order Thanks. the book? I asked my publishers <laughs> that, and they did Google. not have. Yeah, like I think they said Amazon just because you know the algorithm. They're like Amazon, you know, like, I guess. I, I yeah, like like I bought plenty of things off Bookshop.org. Like that's dope. You know, yeah. like I don't even know what beyond that. I'm trying to think of where else I've ordered books, but like they said, Amazon is fine. You know, if if you don't have any moral issues with Amazon, then Amazon is totally fine. 
Thank you yeah. for pre-ordering. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited about it. Thank you. I can't yeah. wait to read it. Yes. Hopefully it'll be good. I'm looking, I got the <laughs> proofs. I got the PDF file of my final, the finality of the book is terrifying to me, right? Like it's, it's at the end of this week, it's going to be gone, you know, and the next time I'm going to see it, it's going to be in a physical unalterable form. That is an uncomfortable feeling to me, but a great <laughs> one as well. So I hope you like it. Thank you. Thanks, Rob. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks, yep. Rob.